This is the this Bat Pod. Bat Pod. Grab your bat microphone. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Bat Pod, a Batman comic book discussion podcast. On today's show, we're going to be discussing the Shadow War finale and Deathstroke number nine. Robin number 14 in Shadow War Omega. Just like Damien. Grab your headphones, listen up. You know you love it. Drop the facade. Like the Dark Knight Detective, they've got some perspective. They're a pure crime fighting collective. It's the Bat Pod. Welcome to episode 96. I'm your host, Bill Beer, and joining me tonight, Sean Ross. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> just, just shut up. What is that like? Well, I, I, I don't know what this means for our relationship. I don't. I, I, I need some sort of comparison. I need to be the, the respawn to your Ravager or the, the the Shadow War of the Bad Pod. There we go. Yeah, the... Sean Ross. <laughs> okay, I needed something, man. You can't just leave me hanging. Like I knew that would throw you off. That did reason. throw me off. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think we've had an episode where I didn't call you something. You always call me something. You... <laughs> yeah, something good, mostly good. You know, it's never good. It's like Tweedledum or something. But I, but I'm so you. I'm like a, a kicked something. Like I'm so used to you abusing me right from the start that when you didn't, I was like, oh, Bill doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> I see the worst um, trivia oh, stumper. No, no. Well, no, the stumpy. I guess that would be stumpy. You should get. The... You should get really dark with the intros. You should be like the crime alley to my Batman or something. <laughs> like really, the the falling pearls to my Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, and if people listening for the first time are like, man, this dude must suck. Well, yeah. Jeez. I mean, that's a given. Jeez. That's a given. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we got our uh, Shadow, Shadow War. War. We're gonna wrap it up here, and then we can. Uh, after this, we'll get into. I guess we'll get back. We're gonna get new, um, you know, writers. Well, yeah, this on our, episode, on our bat books. We're gonna wrap up Shadow War. Next episode, we'll wrap up Tamaki's detective run, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it's it's new. We'll wrap up Williamson's short-lived Batman run, and then it's it's a whole new set of creative teams: Zadarsky and I think Carmine Dijon Domenico. I might be wrong on that on art on Batman, and then Rom V. And I think Jorge Jimenez on Detective. I may have that flip. No, I do have it flipped. It's, yeah. We did not receive a thank you card from DC no. about recommending. Zadarsky? You know, yes. Bat yes, fans we didn't receive anything. A huge thank you. Because if Williamson was going to leave, we called our shot. We said we wanted Zadarsky. And, uh, you know, they know. People just, they just need to be writing into the Bat Pod thanking us for this. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was thinking. Or at least me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you're taking. I don't think you could even pronounce Zadarsky till I came along. <laughs> that is, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> it sounds but true. <laughs> if anybody doesn't agree with that, you know, right into, uh, right into the Superman podcast. So, there you go. <laughs> so let's go ahead and head to the books. The Bat Pod is a spoiler podcast. Please read the comics we're reviewing so you can enjoy the show. All right, up tonight, we are covering the back half of the Shadow War, which is Deathstroke, Robin, and Batman. Thankfully, all written by Joshua Williamson, which keeps the crossover pretty seamless. Deathstroke has art by Paolo Pantalina and Romulo Fajardo Jr. We've got art in Robin by Roger Cruz and Norm Rappand. And we've got art in Shadow War Omega 
by Steven Segovia and Howard Porter. As always, edited by Welgas Kaminsky and Abernathy. So let's start. We're going to take this in as a chunk, but let's start with Deathstroke number nine. In this issue, it is the aftermath of where we ended last episode. Deathstroke's son, his test tube baby with Talia, Respawn, has been killed by the League of Shadows. He comes to grips with the death of yet another of his children. He swears vengeance upon the League of Shadows, and he leads his secret society of supervillains on what he calls a suicide mission to face Talia in her home. Never a good idea. Meanwhile, Robin and Batman face off against Foe Stroke, the fake death stroke. And while fighting, Batman realizes something and comes to understand that he knows who is behind the mask as Foe Stroke gets away in yet another gaping hole in the ground. And we actually get an answer to our question from the first issue of this crossover about the gaping hole in the ground. The action jumps to Robin, number 14, where... Damien and Batman have met up with Batman Inc., including the amazing Ghostmaker. They are heading for the home of the League of Shadows in Nepal, where it is on between the forces of the Secret Society of Supervillains and the League of Shadows. Deathstroke wants Talia's head. Talia wants Deathstroke dead. That's gonna, something like that is gonna come to pass. Two immovable objects, two irresistible forces. Damien and Batman are getting ready to infiltrate the castle. Batman says Damien must stay behind. Damien says, screw you, dad, and jumps out of the plane. The two of them make it safely onto the ground, and we get some more great fights where we find out, for instance, that Ghostmaker has a past with Angel Breaker. Now, we also know that Black Canary had a past with Angel Breaker. In fact, Black Canary was her sensei. We learned that in the Shadow War Warzone one-shot, which was really worth reading. Ravager tells Damien that his brother, Respawn, was murdered. Damien is devastated and wants to end the fight once and for all. And we get an epic clash between Deathstroke and a wounded Talia Al Ghul. Remember, she was wounded in the first issue of this crossover. However, Talia is an Al Ghul in and out, and she stabs Deathstroke through the heart, killing Slade Wilson leaving everyone stunned as foe Deathstroke walks in in a familiar pose, very pleased with himself, very pleased with the results of the death of Slade Wilson, but wanting one more death with Talia Al Ghul and revealing himself to be, bum, 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 Brion Markov, Geoforce of Batman and the Outsiders. We jump to Shadow War Omega, where we learn the reasoning behind Brion's bizarre heel turn. But it makes a bit of sense because his country, Markovia, which has been, I mean, taken over more than (laughs) any other country in the history of the world, it gave itself over to Leviathan and Mark Shaw for their protection. Leviathan fell to Talia Al Ghul. Markovia was destroyed or was being destroyed. Geoforce tried to save the day and did not succeed. He decided to swear vengeance on the Al Ghuls for this and decided to put Slade Wilson in play as part of his plan because infamously, all the way back in 1984, Slade Wilson slept with his little sister Tara and Brion believes drove her mad and turned her against her friends in the Titans, leading to her death. That's debatable whether Tara was not mad to begin with, but either way, that was a dark pass between them. We get Geoforce versus Talia. 
versus the Secret Society versus Batman and Robin. Black Canary comes in. It's a fighty fight fight where the Secret Society steals Deathstroke's body away. Batman and Robin and Talia are able to defeat Geoforce. Talia decides not to kill him at the behest of her son, who claims heroes don't kill. For any of you who are longtime fans of Damien, that's a massive shift in his character. And we get a really cool epilogue where we learn that Brione is imprisoned in Belrev. Hello, Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad. Talia Al Ghul turns herself into the authorities, just as her father had done in the beginning of the crossover, which is very interesting. Damien and Bruce repair their relationship and become Batman and Robin once again. And we get a funky little epilogue in which the Secret Society of Supervillains resurrects Slade Wilson in a Lazarus pit, and Slade decides it's time to enter the Dark Crisis. All right, so Bill... This back half, lots of big events. Let's start with the the reveal. Let's go to the biggie. The re- okay. we, in the last episode, we I had put forward a couple of suppositions. I had said that I thought the fake Deathstroke was either Grant Wilson, Ravager, Slade Wilson's first son who died fighting the Titans way back in New Teen Titans number two, or and resurrected, you know, with a Lazarus pit, or mm-hmm. it was a young Ra's al Ghul resurrected in the Lazarus pit or birthed in the Lazarus pit, who kills his older self. And it turns out I could, <laughs> the only way I could have been more wrong is if I were you thinking I was going to win a Stump the Co-host session. So what were your thoughts on the revelation of Geoforce as the big bad? And bad is a hard word here, because really the only thing he did wrong technically was kill Ra's al Ghul. And I mean, I don't know that that's the wrong thing. So what are your thoughts? I couldn't have made that guess. No. Who this reveal was in a million years. I mean, I we've only seen him briefly. I think he was briefly in one of the issues. And, you know, Leviathan, that miniseries, was brought up previously. Mm-hmm. And and it, it wasn't like a necessity that you, you went back and read it. Because I, I, I haven't read it. Yeah. And I don't know, but uh, I assume that all this stuff with Markovia being destroyed happened in that miniseries. Is that correct? Well, I'll or? tell you. I'll tell you, buddy. I read event leviathan and the checkmate Uh, series that follows it and i have zero memory (laughs) of this now now upon reading this because i texted you immediately and i said what mm -hmm. the f bill have you read shadow world and you were like no not yet i'm like okay i'm not going to spoil it but let me know as soon as you find out who the big bad is and you were like who the hell is geo we're like what the hell and so yeah so i did go back and i did reread i scanned through and they're bendis books so you can read them very quickly Uh I, w- I read through Event Leviathan, which I enjoyed, and I read through Checkmate. And and Markovia is destroyed. It does because a, become a partner in Leviathan. It allows mm. Leviathan into its country to validate it under Mark Shaw Manhunter. Shaw loses control of Leviathan. Talia sweeps in, destroys him, destroys Markovia, and then takes control of the League of Shadows. Remember, Leviathan it had been her, her organization originally. It is not a great story. Uh, it's very late stage Bendis in that there are some great character moments, but the plot f- falls apart in on of itself. But holy crap, did Williamson mine it for gold? You know, because even though I was taken aback by Geoforce being the big bag at first, and I didn't like it at first, I, I was like, oh, I don't, this is a big miss for me. Upon rereading it, I was like, oh, actually, this makes a ton of sense. And it, it's a callback and continuity all the way back to the Judas contract from the 90, you know, 80s for New Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thinking about it, you know, afterwards and, and 
even though I didn't read that. Him and Deathstroke and and if Talia and went in and destroyed his country, I can understand some of his motivations. It still is like a little iffy to me. <laughs> iffy to me. I mean, it's it's difficult. When you have a crossover, and, and I know it's crossing over with Deathstroke, and it's crossing over with Robin, it's difficult to me to get the the real impact of it when you haven't read, you know, a piece of it. But I can see where it's coming from, and by the end, I was I was pretty satisfied with how the story went and things that happened in it. But at the beginning, when the first reveal, I was thinking. Okay, that doesn't make any sense at all, but after thinking about it, I think it does. The one thing that doesn't make any sense is, what the heck is he wearing his Geoforce costume under the Deathstroke costume? <laughs> He's got to be pretty warm, That's right? That's like very Silver Age, you know? <laughs> Batman and Batman would... uh be in disguise as Superman, and then he would take off his mask, and he's wearing the cow. It's sort of that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's got to be very, very warm in that outfit, I, I must imagine. So it's, it, it is, I, I'm glad you, you came around to it the way I did. Again, at first, I don't think either one of us enjoyed the reveal. I think both of us were like, what the heck is this? Uh, this just doesn't, you know. It doesn't fit. It doesn't feel as like what I really thought it was going to be. And so, so I, it, it, but it did remind me and it, and it did something I like a lot, which is it mind previous continuity. Like it doesn't contradict anything about, about Geoforce's character. Cause he even mm-hmm. mentions that he had tried to kill Deathstroke once before. And that's true. Back in 2008, there was this last will and testament one shot. It was a final crisis tie in. I, I mean, Kind of. Mm-hmm. It, I, it really, honestly, the only thing it had to do with Final Crisis is that Final Crisis was happening. Everybody thought the world was ending. And so Geoforce was like, well, if the world's ending, I'm killing Deathstroke for what he did to my sister Tara. Again, right. big asterisk on that because Tara was bat bleep crazy. But still, Deathstroke was a piece of crap during that whole thing. But anyway, he did try to kill him. And I remember that issue because he is pathetic in it he does not come off favorably deathstroke wipes the floor with him basically and and i remember being really surprised by that issue because i loved geoforce in the original batman and the outsider series and i remember being like oh this is this is where they're taking this character like this kind of sucks but in the meantime i've gone back and filled in a ton of gaps for example i read batman and the outsiders the original series and then i read the Mm -hmm. baxter series of the outsiders which only lasted like 28 issues but i actually didn't read another outsider series for years i mean actually probably decades and so i had missed a couple of the interim series which admittedly aren't very good but they actually did start a little bit of a heel turn for brion where he is royalty he does have to make some hard decisions as a prince and as a king and he does kind of walk a line between where you're like well if you if you glance at it this way he's a villain if you glance at it this way he's not and so really this actually kind of is honoring years of his history. And then I think the other impetus behind it is, do you watch the Young Justice cartoon? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, that cartoon is amazing. It is, that and Earth's Mightiest Heroes were my favorite cartoons ever, but Young Justice thankfully has continued where Earth's Mightiest Heroes was cut short. And it's on season four now. Season three was called Young Justice Outsiders. And Brion Markov was a major character in it. And it ends, I won't spoil it, but it ends with a, 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 a maybe a heel turn for him, though there's a bit of an explanation for it. And I think that series is so popular that it kind of sh- it kind of put him back in the zeitgeist. And mm-hmm. I think it put him back in memories for people. 
And so this doesn't feel quite as out of nowhere. But again, continuity-wise, it makes a ton of sense. It really does play on, I mean, at this point, 40 years of continuity for the character. But I wonder I wonder what the, the general public has thought of this reveal. Because I don't, I mean, you and I both went like, you know, at first when we when we read it, I yeah. wonder how others are reacting to it. That I'm not sure of. I'm not sure of. And um, when I think about this this whole crossover as a whole, mm-hmm. I think, okay, what was the reason for this story? What what oh what did we get out of this story? Yeah. And this this story is a continuation of the Robin series and Deathstroke. Yeah. Yes, but. A hundred percent. It's Robin's character. Damien's character has gone from the first issue of Robin to what we get here, and it's going to continue into the Robin book. And it's such an amazing turn yep. for him, growth for his character. I don't know if I've ever seen growth like this. You know, that's been you know stale or or stalled for such a long period then all of a sudden he gets this series by a writer that knows what they want to do with him what direction they want to put him in and we see the end of that right here and we see the relationship with batman and it's like you know when we get to that omega issue batman is admitting you know some of his faults and all this and you know, him kneeling down yep. and being more human. Yeah, that's right. For Batman being <laughs> human and being a father, there was some credible scenes in, in that issue. And I really enjoyed where Damien is gone and uh, is currently. I love that you bring this up. I think this is a brilliant point. Damien, for me, and, and for you, I think both of us, we hated him. Least favorite Robin. And he had had very little character growth, like you said. And he's been around for, what, 15 years at least at this point, if not more. He had very little character growth. He was always the arrogant jerk kind of psycho Robin, you know, who was the son of the Al Ghouls and could, you know, did kill and just, no one liked him. I hated him. You know, that he was horrible in the Teen Titans, very Machiavellian. I know in Super Sons, they did some work to soften him, but for the most part, he was a one-note character, and it was a note that I didn't like. And holy crap, are you right? Williamson comes along, and the the mission of this Robin book has been clear since page one. I am going to make you like this kid, because I'm going to show you he's human. I'm going to show you he's a kid, and that all that bravado that people focus on and the arrogance, it's all a show for a poor little kid who doesn't feel loved by his father. And I was like, oof. And he did such a good job. In 14 issues, he made me love Damien. Look, Tim Drake will always be my favorite Robin. But I love this Robin book, and I don't want it to end. Like you said, he did a, an amazing job. He built a supporting cast with Rose Wilson Ravager, with new characters like Flatline and Respawn, rest in peace. And really, really made us, and, and your favorite, Ra Al Ghul. Really made us care about Damien. Ruh. Ruh. Al Ghul. <laughs> Ruh. Al Ghul. Made us care. Jeez, how did you mess that one up? Seriously. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. And and made us care about Damien in a way that I didn't, not only, not only in a way that surprises me, in a way that I did not think was possible. So, at you know, I remember we talked about in Shadow War Alpha, there's a moment where Bruce sees Damien and Oracle's in his ear, and she goes, for the love of God, Bruce, hug your son. And Bruce doesn't do it. You and I were like, oh, he mm-hmm. sucks. He's such mm-hmm. a bad father. Then he tells Damien, if I had been there, Alfred would still be alive. I mean, he's just 
the worst. But they but Williamson bookends it with the epilogue in this issue, where like you said, Bruce gets down on a knee in order to be eye level with with Damien, and he said, "Look, what I said to you was wrong. I didn't mean it the way it came out." And he he's like, "I trust you," and he did trust him during the mission. And he says, I trust you. And Damien's like, yeah, it meant a lot to me that you trusted me again. And Bruce says, it's time again. for, And we get the Batman and Robin logo. So how are you feeling about them being back together? Oh, I love it. I love it. He needs his. He needs a different costume. No, the costume's so good. The gray and black? Dude, you are so... <laughs> Do you think that's going to hang around? You are so you wrong think? about this. You're so wrong about this. That costume is top five best Robin costume ever. It needs to grow on me a little bit. Well, it grow on you. It's not a mushroom. Yeah, it's it's it, not. <laughs> you've, you've had like seventeen issues of it. It's awesome. It's so. It's okay. No, I'll say it's okay. Hey, look, be, okay. Let's do this. Um, we're doing this. I'm throwing the gauntlet. Best Robin costumes. Number one, Tim Drake with the pants. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. Number two, I, I think original flavor short pants. Dick Grayson. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number three has got to be. Probably Stephanie, the like domino, bigger domino mask, kind of a little bit of a different cape, or the Tim Drake scalloped cape from from one year later. Oh no, no, sorry, number three is Red Robin. Oh yeah, stupid name because yeah. it's a burger franchise, but it's a right. good costume. And then actually, I'd put this one at number four. I'm lost for words. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're quiet. You're you're oddly it, quiet. You know, it'll have to grow on me. But stop with I this don't... grow on you stuff. It's not one to grow on. This is a different strokes. I don't draw love it at the moment. It's okay. Oh, it's not the best ever. I just am. It's okay. I'm consistently disappointed in you. <laughs> well, that's okay. Other people are too. Oh, so. Come on. Don't do that. It's all now good. I feel bad. <laughs> so, so no. it is awesome. It's an awesome moment, though. It's such a good moment when the two of them are back together. So I have a question for you. Yes. So everything that's Robin's been through, Damien, um, and the turn he has made... Does he make that turn if Roz and Talia don't sort of make that turn also? No. No, I think that's and that's a brilliant observation. I think Williamson understood that this couldn't just be a Damien Bruce issue. It had to be a Damien Bruce Talia Roz thing. It had to be a family mm-hmm. thing. And and I love it because one it put Bruce and Talia in a room together again, which is nice. And two, Damien has embraced both sides of his heritage. He's not ashamed of being an Al Ghul. He's not ashamed of being a Wayne. He's the right. he's the mixture of the two. And in my mind, Damien has always been the Robin who will turn out to be the evil Robin from Batman 666. Remember that issue? Mm-hmm. And and I've always thought that. I've always been like, oh, yeah, Damien's going to be evil. Even in the, the Bendis Legion reboot from like a year and a half ago – John Kent goes to the future, Super uh, Superboy, goes to the future to be with the Legion. And he's like, oh, I want to bring my friend Damian Wayne. And they're like, oh, they're like, he's, but he's the, and there's, it's implied that he's like the worst, like the most horrible, he's like Stalin. He's like the most yeah. horrible person in the history of the 21st century. And so I've, that's always been who Damian is to me. And for the first time ever, I'm like, oh, hell no. He's awesome. Like he is a great Robin. He's a good son. He's been screwed around by a really bad dad who's now trying to do better. He's trying to do better. And I'm, like I said, I I really loved this. I thought this was such a well-done conclusion. And I can't tell people enough, if you if you didn't read the Robin book, the last, the, the Williamson Robin book, go back and get it. It's, it's been, along with Nightwing, it's been the best bat book on the shelves. Yeah, I, yeah, I have to agree. And we've not had a lot of, well, we haven't had, we had a son of 
the demon Robin. What was it? Son of Batman. Yeah. Son of Batman. Yeah, there's been a uh, lot of those. misfires. Even the 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 New Fifty Two, and, and this is I know some people love this series, so th- this is going to be blasphemy to some of them. The mm-hmm. Batman and Robin by Peter Tomasi and Doug Monkey. Now I love the art by Monkey. Tomasi's a hit or miss writer for me, and always has been. Even in that series, though, I found Damien insufferable. I just, I just, I couldn't stand him. I enjoyed parts of that series, but yeah, he's. He seems like he's always the same. Yeah. So up until this point, this is the first time we've seen real growth. And so there, there are a couple other kind of big things I want to point out from this. Uh, one is there's a moment where the devil, where um, Rah, Rah Al Ghul says to Talia. So Talia has captured her grandmother, Rah. And she says to her, like, basically, you know, she's got her tied up. And, and Rah says to her, the demon is coming. And this is this is from, right from the Robin book. The whole point of the tournament on the League of Assassins was on Lazarus Island, League of Lazarus, excuse me, on Lazarus Island, was to, to raise the demon from the Lazarus pit who would destroy the world. And Robin mm-hmm. and Connor Hawk and Ravager and all the others are able to foil that plan. And Ruh is captured by Talia at that point. And Ruh says to Talia... You've got this all wrong. It's never been about this. The demon is coming. The demon Neza is coming. And for the first time ever, we get a name. Do you recognize that name from anywhere else? I don't think so. Okay. So I went, well, there, there was the sister or the other daughter. No, 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 no. no. That's Nisa Al Yeah. Right. Who I'd love to see. No. So, but no, I don't know. Okay. Are you reading the current World's Finest book by Mark Wade and Dan Mora? Um, yeah, I've read like the first two issues. Okay. I think there's only been two maybe three so so yeah. in that book the entire ar- the arc is set in the past dick grayson uh-huh. is still robin it, but i mean it's it's a god it's such a good book man first yeah. of all it's weighed on classic dc and then dan mora for we know him from detective with marco tamaki's right is one of the best yeah. writers of dc so it's it's superman and batman and the doom patrol and they're mm-hmm. fighting the devil neza who's trying to come back to Earth. And so all of a sudden, this same name has popped up in a couple different series. And it looks like DC is planting seeds that he might be one of the next big bats. I think that's super cool. So yeah, I was really surprised. When, I didn't catch that. When she shouted yeah. the name of the of the demon in the pit, and it was the same name as the bad guy being fought in the current Mark Wade World's Finest series. So nice little bit of kind of, you know, inner continuity there. So I thought that was really cool. That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that they're planting this seed. And then the other thing is, if you had told me that Deathstroke Inc. was going to be one of the most important comic books of 2022, I would have laughed. One, because it's a Deathstroke book and that doesn't tend to be the case. And two, it isn't a particularly good book. Like, the Shadow War issues have been good. But other than that, I, I... if had this not crossed over with Shadow War, I had I would have dropped this series. I wasn't impressed with the first four issues of it. I didn't mm-hmm. like where the story went. I thought Black Canary being in it was superfluous. It didn't make any sense to me. I, it really does read like they're treading water to get to the Shadow War stuff. But now that they have, holy crap, has this become the linchpin book of the DC Universe. Because in it, Slade Wilson goes from... Working undercover with Black Canary to, to overtake this criminal organization called Trust from Libra to taking it over, changing its name to the Secret Society, back to the Secret Society of Supervillains. Deathstroke basically going up against the real Secret Society, which is like Luther, you know, Gorilla Grodd, Joker, telling mm-hmm. them, screw you, I'm, I've got my own thing going. And then basically saying, I'm the king of the supervillains. 
and I'm going to run this terrorist organization. He takes that terrorist organization into shadow war, goes up against the League of Shadows, is resurrected at the end in the Lazarus Pit, and then it kicks directly into Dark Crisis number one, where Deathstroke and the Secret Society supervillains take a major action, which is the cliffhanger ending of Dark Crisis number one. So, holy crap. Like, who knew he was going to be the big player of DC for 2022? And who knew that this little niche book that I can't even believe made it 10 issues is like a weirdly a linchpin series for the entire year for DC continuity? Yes, yeah, definitely not one that you would think on the top of your head that that would be something that is like a must read yeah. type of thing. I mean, it's because of Williamson. It's, you know, because Williamson yeah, skyrocketed yeah. in importance in the last year at DC to the point where he's writing their big event book, you know, and, and, you know, on a bad note, it also means mm -hmm. he's leaving all his other books because he's, he's walking away from Robin. We talked about that. He's walking away from Deathstroke Inc. I have a feeling they're going to cancel Deathstroke Inc. and probably relaunch it as something else coming out of Dark Crisis. But, you know, he, he walked away from Batman. And so, you know, there's, it's, it comes with a cost, but, but it's been pretty cool. You and I covering Robin all this past year and never knowing that, in fact, it was sort of a stealth lead up to the next big event for DC. Yeah. And thinking back, you know, Deathstroke and big events, one of my favorite, you know, crossovers or events or whatever you want to call it. I know it's not everybody's favorite, but Identity Crisis. Oh, oh you're, I, I thought you couldn't disappoint me any further on this. There's now you're just, oh. There's a scene in there with Deathstroke fighting yeah, the all Justice the heroes. League. And yeah, I really, I really like that scene. No, that scene and, uh, is awesome. On, it was a great murder mystery. Oh, no. The treatment of Sue Dibney is unforgivable. Uh, yeah, but. No, no, no. There's no but. You are you are right, though. Okay, here, here, I got something that you can agree with. Okay. And this is the favorite, you know, scene in this whole crossover to me personally is when Talia's getting ready to kill Geoforce. And Batman says, no. And Robin says, Father, wait. Yeah. He says, I am your family. So is she. Can you trust me? Yep. And then he goes to Talio and just talks her out of killing him. Yeah. That's not what grandfather would have wanted. You know, this is, uh, he's far from innocent, but he says, grandfather earned his death. You know, his actions yep. earned his death. And he said, um, you know, uh, we all must pay. And he basically talks her out of killing. She drops the the knife, and and um, it it's part of the major turn for Robin yep. here. And we saw it in the fight where he says, "Heroes don't kill." I just love the turn that he makes so much. Yep. I just, I just, it's, it's. If if you read this and you didn't get out of this, uh, Damien, the new Damien, and the turn he makes, then you're kind of missing the point. Here. Well, and think, you know, we mentioned the new 52 Batman and Robin book by Tomasi and Monkey. The opening arc of that is Damien killing a bad guy. Yeah. And Bruce being like, uh, and not knowing what to do. And then Damien kind of an another villain coming after him to sort of punish him for that and saying to Bruce, like, you're a hypocrite. Like, your son's a murderer. And the only reason you aren't throwing him in prison is because he's your son. So Damien really has over the last. I mean, 10 years, 11 years now, thanks to this book, had a huge arc. So, no, I love that, too. And mm -hmm. there are a couple other moments I want to point out. So in the Shadow War Zone one shot, which is worth reading, there's a great short story by Williamson and Otto Schmidt is the 
the artist. I love Otto Schmidt, and if he draws the most beautiful Black Canary ever. Black Canary's riding her motorcycle, and Angel Breaker attacks. And, and in it, Angel Breaker calls Black Canary Sensei. So we learn that there's a history there that Black Canary trained Angel Breaker when Black Canary was with the League of Assassins at a certain point, which I love that about her past, and I want to learn more about it. And then Angel Breaker, who, again, stupid name and really dumb 90s image costume, but kind of a cool character. She runs into Ghostmaker on the battlefield at, in the you know the big fight in Robin, and she says, "Hey, Koa Bear," and I don't I don't know that we had learned his real name before this. Maybe we had. I don't think so. But she calls him Koa, and she calls him in a term of endearment. She says, "Seeing you work with Batman is really disappointing." And he says, "What are you doing here?" And she says, "Old friends and loyalty are often our weaknesses." And he says, "You were never that loyal," which is really funny because. One of the things I love about Ghostmaker is he always, it's always very tongue in cheek with him. It's like, there's always a little undercutting of humor. But anyway, they start fighting and she says to him, you speak of being a better version of Batman, but you were only interested in making me your Catwoman. And then they have this, this fight. So they're really entrenching her in the background of a couple of major characters. So what are your thoughts on, on her being sort of retroactively made more important? I'm not sure about that one. Um, I guess uh, hopefully they do something with her. Yeah, I think they will. You know, yeah. um, I just I just don't know. I hate I would hate to see you know uh, they make somebody and you know Williamson seems like he's doing like all these you know major events all of a sudden. Yeah, and uh, it wouldn't seem like that he would be doing this just to be a throwaway. No, I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't think so either. And you know, it kind of reminds me of of James Tinian's of uh, Tynion's run where he created like Ghostmaker, Clown Hunter, Gardener, uh, Molly, Miracle Molly. You know, he created all these new characters. And you and I both said, oh, that's going to be a shame if now that Tynan is leaving, these characters disappear. Well, Ghostmaker has not, neither actually neither is Clown Hunter. In fact, the, mo- no. the recent Batman annual that just came out a week or so ago was a compl- total focus on Ghostmaker taking over Batman Inc., and so it's, you know, I think it's really cool. And I hope the same thing happens here. I'm interested enough in Angel Breaker, especially if somebody gets her a new costume, that I'd like to see more from her, you know, in, in down the road. And I especially love, you know, I, I hope if the Robin book continues, which I think it's going to, I hope Flatline comes back. I hope Ravager stays in the book. You know, I hope we see more follow up to the death of Respawn because Damien is really, really devastated by the news that his, you know, potential brother was murdered and so there's just a lot this does what all good crossovers should do tells a really good story wraps the story up in a very satisfying way but plants little seeds of future stories to come i mean it's pretty pretty near perfect actually i what would you give this if you if we are not a rating podcast but if you had to rate this like what kind of you know would you give it like an a b what would you give it i would probably give it i don't know uh four batmobiles (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, said, I don't know. I don't know. I, gave, I said, would you give it an A? And you'd like, I'd give it a four. <laughs> like a four out of what? Yeah, out of five? Isn't that, isn't that, that's the, the old running joke is like, okay, number one, number two in C. Yeah. You know, um, that's how. I love the, I don't know if you ever listen to Tighten Up the Defense, Hub and Corey. It's a great podcast. Hub has this thing. He always goes first and then B. And I don't, I don't know why, but I get a kick out of it every time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I would give it a, I would give it an A minus. I think it's really really good. I uh, you know, I think it's it's 
quick. I like that they didn't overextend it. It doesn't feel like there's filler. Maybe, you know, the death stroke issues are a little weaker than the others, but it doesn't mm-hmm. ever feel like it's sagging really in the middle. The action moved quickly. There were major consequences. You know, major characters died. Other characters took a turn. We got to see all of our favorite players kind of, you know, going at each other's throats. There's some, you know, major changes in status quo coming out of it. And, you know, it, it was a very satisfying story. I, so I, I was really, again, no more events for a while, please, in the bat books. Like, give Zadarsky time to breathe. Yeah. Give Rom V time to breathe. But, right. but I mean, if the events are going to be this good, I really can't. Compl- no, it's, um, we didn't get a war games here. So. Oh, God. Oh, why That's would you always, do that? That's always good. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. That's... But I do have a, a, a question okay. here at the end, you know, regarding the Lazarus Pit. And uh, the society puts Deathstroke in the Lazarus Pit. And does it go black? Yeah, it does seem to it does seem to react to him. And I, so I do wonder if he comes out in that whole Devil Neza thing. I wonder uh-huh. if it's going to continue in a way with him. And and really, one of the other major things that this this arc did is it made him a, a straight up villain again. Oh yeah, he's like, and he's he's better that way. Oh yeah, totally. Too. I don't I don't like anti hero Deathstroke. I like villain Deathstroke. And and his last line in the book, they're like, "Oh, is a crisis coming?" And he goes, "No, we're just going to kill everyone and kill everything." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, okay." So I I'm excited about that too. I like Deathstroke as a big bad. I think he's he's better that way. He's brutal, you know. And, and if you want a really great Deathstroke book, the Christopher Priest Fernando Passerine book from Rebirth, so from about four years mm-hmm. ago, and it lasted like fifty issues. It was really good because even though Deathstroke's the main character and, and you kind of root for him, he is not a good guy. I mean, Priest never, no, never, no. never, never confuses that. And and Deathstroke does some shady, nasty it, crap in that book. And you still kind of was Priest writing it when the New Fifty Two no, started? No, it was um, okay. That was Liefeld. I think I think it might have been Tony Daniel, and then Liefeld oh, came in at okay. one point. I mean, it okay. was it was a uh, poop on a t- poop on toast. It was awful. Okay. No, uh, speaking about Tony Daniel, he was writing Detective New Fifty Two. Yeah. And I remember one of the things was, you know, Batman rounded a corner and there were a couple dogs, so he had, like, raw meat in his utility uh. belt. <laughs> that was the one thing that I remembered from that particular yeah. run. Uh, that's that's so, yeah, interesting. It looks like uh, that, that Lazarus Pit, you know, there's limited Lazarus Pits anyway. That looks like uh, it's totally exhausted. Yeah, and it looks like um, it, it maybe either corrupted him or was corrupted by him. But either way, I, I have to tell our listeners, it literally continues right into Dark Crisis number one. Okay, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So, all in all, good event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so okay, we will head to what we learned. The Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. So, Sean, what did you learn in this particular episode? So, I've got two things. I've got a silly one and a real one. The silly okay. one is don't be a child of Slade Wilson because you're going to die. <laughs> Bad stuff's going to happen to you. You're going to die. That's Ro- pretty good. That's pretty good advice yeah. right there. I mean, yeah. History. Uh, Respawn dead. Yeah. 
Ravager, Rit 1, dead. Jericho, throat slit as a kid, dead, back, right. but weird. And then Ravager 2, yeah. Rose, messed up in the head, though a great character. So the serious thing I learned is, and I know this because I'm a longtime comic book collector, but man, it's nice to be reminded of it. <clears throat> there are no bad characters in the hands of the right creative team. Because if Damian Wayne can be redeemed, then so can and literally any character. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, um, there uh, it's true. You put a good creator on a character that just uh, creators don't know what how to handle, I guess. Don't know um, what to do with them. And you get the right creator and they know what to do. My... My what I learned in the episode is absolutely why do why do people keep doing this? Uh, the history has been bad. Why do the people keep putting dead villains or dead people in the Lazarus pit and think something's good is going to come out of yeah. it? Nothing, nothing ever comes out of the Lazarus pit in a good way. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, it is. It's yeah. like Florida. Yeah, like nothing good Florida. comes from it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have nothing to do with that comment. <laughs> I just alienated an entire state. <laughs> All right. Right. Oh, we get another one star review. There we from go. The state of Florida. <laughs> so, there you go. So, say so we'll be back in a few weeks and we're going to catch up on Detective. Until next time, same bat time, same bat channel. We will see you later.